Hi, welcome to Life of Love Ministries podcast. This is Rhonda Johnson. Today we're going to talk about what a wonderful, amazing Savior Jesus is. The gospel is simple. It's so simple that some people miss it. And yet, I find that the longest articles I write are about the simple gospel. <laughs> and the reason is, is because it's simple that God created a perfect place for mankind to dwell in the Garden of Eden. Man sinned and was ejected from the Garden, and God spent thousands of years putting things in order so that His Son could come to redeem mankind. He died on the cross for us, descended into hell, ascended into heaven, made atonement for our sins, and God the Father sat Him at His right side in, in the throne with Him. <clears throat> And when we receive Jesus as our sacrificial lamb, as the lamb of God, and when we accept that his death on the cross was the sacrifice that was needed to put us back together and re be able to rebuild a relationship with God the Father, then we have eternal life and can be in heaven, in Jesus' throne with him also. And then when we leave this world, we can go to be in heaven with him in even a more tangible, full way. So even trying to say that in simple terms, God has just done so much for us that the simple gospel has so many wonderful details. And that's why the more I've tried to label this and the more I tried to make it simple, the more I just realized that, oh, what a savior it is just a great title for this topic this morning. I want to read the verses in Isaiah that speak of Jesus coming. And they begin in Isaiah 53, 5 and go through 53, 7. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. <clears throat> Isaiah 53, 6 says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. We thought about and read, many of us in our church services and in our Bible reading, if you're following a devotion, Probably you thought last week about Jesus' triumphant, triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And one thought that occurred to me that I've said before, forgive me for repeating, but I think it's so important for us to remember and realize is that when Jesus, when Jesus mounted the donkey and rode into Jerusalem, he wasn't exploring and finding things out the way you and I would have been. We would have been wondering and full of curiosity and maybe even a little anxiety about going into Jerusalem on that donkey as a king would have approached Jerusalem at the time. And Jesus went in fully knowing what was going to happen. Jesus went into Jerusalem knowing that he would be arrested, knowing that he would be brutally punished, knowing that he was going to 
He would be before Herod. He would be before Pilate. He would be before the religious system and the political system, both. He knew he would be mocked. He knew he would go through pain so terrible that the Romans later outlawed this form of execution. He knew all of that, and yet he did it anyway. I don't know about you, but at times when I have done something that you know I considered brave, I've always gone into it with a little bit of hope that maybe this wasn't going to be as bad as I think it could be. But Jesus knew full well just how bad it was going to be. And he went into Jerusalem for the last week of his life to fully complete the prophecy that was given of the one who was the Messiah, who would come to redeem God's people, that would come to offer redemption for those who allowed this sacrifice that Jesus was going to make to be for them. And so when we receive Jesus' sacrifice, then we receive eternal life. We receive forgiveness of our sins. And the word tells us over and over, God God forgets our sins. He throws our sins away as far as the east is from the west. God has no interest in using our past sins to torment us or remind us of things, to remind us of our failures. And that's just all more of what a wonderful, beautiful, precious Savior Jesus is and what a loving, awesome God we serve. Jesus suffered for us. I want to really help us to understand that today. There are so many different ways that we suffer, but Jesus suffered in many of them. Jesus suffered so that we wouldn't have to suffer. Without the Lord's sacrifice, we would go to hell. We would be eternally separated from God. And I've heard many theologians, many pastors preach that the worst part of hell won't be the gnashing of teeth. It won't be the eternal fire, but it will be the separation from God and his presence. The Christians that are on the earth today, they salt the earth. I say they, we salt the earth. We don't, we think that the world is in a terrible state, but the truth is the remnant of God's people, those of us who have Jesus in our hearts and who endeavor to live for the Lord, we are, we are having an effect. We are having a flavoring on the earth and we keep the earth keep every inhabitant, keep even nature. We help preserve nature by hosting the presence of God in our hearts. We literally keep the presence of God here. And we change the climate on the earth by having God's presence in our heart. And so when we're gone to be with the Lord and when when God's presence is no longer on the earth, that's when there's going to start to be a terrible tribulation. And it's the same in eternal separation from God. There will be no, no sanctifying Christians. There will be no righteous among those in hell. And that's going to bring the worst part of hell. I have heard many, many people teach that all my life. And just in the brief moments that I have just not focused on the Lord, I know those are the worst times in my life. And so I, I get a little glimpse of that and can really appreciate how that God's presence in us is so important on the earth. But there are different types of suffering I want to talk about. The first type of suffering is the type that we bring on ourselves, self-inflicted suffering. 
And those things are, you know, we do something and then there's a consequence for that action. And it would be okay if God just said, you know, you brought this on yourself. You have to pay for it yourself. But God is so amazing. I ran across the scripture one time when I was in one of those moments. We had neglected to take care of some things and the consequences were coming. And while I was just beating myself up for not taking care of things and not doing things well, I ran across the scripture in Zechariah 10, 6, and it says, I will strengthen and save because I have compassion on them. And you know, even when we have self-inflicted suffering, God will strengthen us and save us from our situations if we repent and realize that we brought this on ourselves, we did this wrong, and ask for the Lord's forgiveness for our um, incompetence and for our lack of diligence. And then God has compassion on us. And he helps to save us in the situation and bring us to a good result, even while we're walking through the circumstances that we brought on ourselves. So God is always good. Innocent suffering is another way that we suffer, and it's, an, and it's a way that Jesus suffered also. And that's when we're hurt by someone else. Someone else's actions or inactions has brought us pain and suffering or offense. <clears throat> And that sometimes looks like abandonment or rejection or when we're scammed. Everyone has been hurt by things like this. But the wonderful thing is that the Holy Spirit helps us to walk through healing and forgiveness, forgiving the people who hurt us and being healed from the effect of their sin towards us. And so this type of suffering, even though it's innocent, the Holy Spirit can bring us to full, complete healing from this effect on us as well. The highest form of suffering is redemptive suffering. And that Jesus Jesus went through innocent suffering and the highest form of suffering. He never brought he never brought circumstances on himself because he didn't ever sin. But the highest form of suffering is redemptive suffering. And that's when you go through pain or problems for the benefit of others. It's when you choose to walk through a painful situation or you choose to bring a problem onto yourself and into your life so that you will help someone else. And redemptive suffering is what Jesus did for us so that his pain and what he went through for us. And you know, we think of Jesus' pain as being the nails in his hands and the piercing of his sides. But I just wonder how much Jesus suffered just being a man on earth. He was fully God and fully man. And so, yes, he was really tempted to, to, do evil, to do evil, to accept the temptations that the enemy brought on him because it would have saved him from this terrible suffering on the cross. But I wonder how much Jesus suffered. I hate being uh, misunderstood. And Jesus was constantly telling parables and telling life lessons and telling stories that were so important to teach those around him. And so many times people just, uh, to put it in the terms that our one of our old pastors would say, people probably looked at him like a calf looking at a new gate. You know, they just looked at him like they had no idea what he was saying. And to, to have all knowledge and all wisdom, as Jesus did, and as, as he was actually wisdom embodied, how difficult would that level of misunderstanding be? 
I just think that Jesus suffered far more than we realize. Um, just because he was fully God also while being fully man. So he had to put up with us, uh, you know, the worst traffic with the most inconsiderate people around us can bring out the worst in most American adults. How I just think that it was something, you know, of that sort of level that Jesus dealt with when he was having to put up with trying to teach people just the most simple parables. And he would have to tell us things like the parable of the, the sower. You know, he just said, if you don't understand this parable, then you're just going to miss it all. And so I think that we, he suffered far more than we realize. The Lord suffered so drastically. And I have people who don't like it when I say, say it like this, but if waterboarding, which cannot kill you, is considered torture, Jesus' death on the cross was definitely torture in my mind. And, and I have people who are very, um, very commonly let me know. They dislike me putting it in those terms. But I believe that the death on the cross was torture. And so if he went through that to be our sacrificial lamb, to be the lamb of God, so that we could not only have forgiveness of our sins, but so that our relationship to God could be restored so that we could have a close relationship with God the Father and not just be his child, not just be forgiven, not just be in a situation where we're no longer, you know, have a, a unpaid debt. But the word says that we can be a friend of God's. And John three sixteen and 17 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whosoever believes on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. It's God's will that every human being come to know him as their personal savior, so that we will not perish, so that we will not have to go and be separated from him. We were born so that God could love us, and so that we could be close to him through having faith and belief in him. And isn't it just so evident of God's amazing goodness that he gives each person when he's knitting us in our mother's wombs, he gives us a measure of faith. That measure of faith is the faith that's needed to believe in him, I believe. God's will is not always done on the earth, though, and we have to remember that. When bad things happen, it's a result of the law of sin and death. It's not a result of God's unlovingness or his harshness towards us. To qualify for eternal life, we must believe that Jesus is God's son and allow him to cleanse us of all of our sins by accepting his sacrifice, his sacrifice on the cross even, as payment for our sins and our wrongdoing. Revelation says in 3.20, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. If you desire, if you just have a, an, a desire to ask the Lord to come into your heart, to be your savior. If you desire to be close to God, the father, the maker of heaven and earth, that desire in you is the voice of God drawing you 
into salvation, drawing you to be part of God's family. Some people say they just haven't heard the voice of God. But I believe that it's that desire because the word of God tells us that we only come to the Lord by the wooing or the drawing of the Holy Spirit. And so that desire is not natural in us. It is the voice of God just for us to have a desire for him, for us to desire to receive Jesus and for us to desire to have a relationship with God. And so it's important for us to know that you are hearing God's voice when you desire things of God. That is him calling you. That is the Holy Spirit pulling you in towards the Father. And what God wants more than anything is for you to have what he has provided for you in Jesus so that you can live with him for eternity. Something that our brains are not, that we're not, we're not capable of understanding that. We don't have the ability. At times we have little glimpses of what that means, but we really don't understand what eternity is. So if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved, saved from your sins safe from the debt that sin brings on us and safe from eternal death, which is separation from God. And instead of those things, we have eternal life, forgiveness of all of our sins, a completely clean slate and an ability to live every day close to God, being led down paths of righteousness for his namesake so that we can have an abundant, full life, full of righteousness peace and joy which is the kingdom of heaven that's the kingdom of God in us Jesus is our Savior and oh what a wonderful Savior he is I hope that this has been a blessing to you if you haven't received the Lord I pray that you would and you to do that you just believe on the name of the Lord and ask him to come into your heart if you'd like for us to pray with you you can email us at Rhonda Johnson Ministries at gmail.com and we can schedule a phone call with you or a time to meet. I hope you have a blessed and wonderful day today. Thank you for listening to Life of Love Ministries podcast. God bless you.